I have to cancel plans, I'll take full advantage of that. But <laughs> I definitely was feeling like doing a new episode uh, probably about a week ago. I was like, man, it's about that time, dude. I'm kind of ready. We had a blast mm-hmm. with Zach. Yeah. Uh, we, he was on the last episode. We did uh, covered Serbian film as well as many other fucking things that had nothing to do with Serbian film. <laughs> definitely covered some bases. Yeah. Um, what you been up to, man? Uh, we're 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 gonna get into this movie, but let's catch some people up on what we've been doing. Nothing, nothing, literally nothing. Just yeah. absolutely doing nothing. It's, is it everything that you hoped it could be? Exactly. Cool. <laughs> uh, same here. Um, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I've been uh, working outside, which sucks. Which makes my day shorter. I sleep a lot, watch movies as always. Um, yeah, I haven't really done a whole lot either, man. Maybe just eating, food and shit. <laughs> but uh, been watching a shit ton of movies and uh, jamming a shit ton of music because I'm indoors mostly because of this frigid ass cold weather. I don't really want to go anywhere. Yeah, no. Haven't been to a show since fucking holy shit. The last one I think me and you went to, and yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're, we haven't really been doing too much. Yeah, my house was built when Jack the Ripper was active. Yeah. So my uh, main floor gets pretty cold yeah. when uh, it dips into, like, the 20s and teens. Yep. So I just kind of live upstairs in my house, and I don't really want to go to the main floor. I don't blame <laughs> so you, man. I just hang out in my room. Yeah, my heat's been out in my apartment for a little while now because, like, some part of my furnace broke and the maintenance guy's supposed to fix it and he hasn't yet so that's been a pain in the dick but fuck it it'll be fixed soon enough and uh i'm hot-blooded as foreigner would say well i'll make it my cats are covered in hair so they're good too but um all right so i want the this uh, this might be the first time i ever do this since we started doing this gig man i I'm going to openly admit that I picked this movie. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Why does it matter? No, because we never really make a big deal about it, but like, I, there's a reason that I'm pointing that out. I, for some reason, was like, okay, Jared, we're going to do uh, an episode. It was actually supposed to be last week, but yeah, it didn't happen. So here we are. And I'm like, dude, think of a movie. And we, we were just kind of like texting back and forth, and nothing really came up. And I'm like, hmm have we done this movie? And you're like, yeah, that was episode number blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, okay. That's how many, uh, we've been doing this forever, dude. But uh, my fucking fade to black, man. And you were like, okay, I'm cool with it. I was hoping you were going to be on board with it. And the reason I picked it was because I had never really watched it. And last year I watched it, watched it for the first time and took it in and was like, this is a really good movie. Um, uh, Fade to Black, 1980. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the end credit song at the end of the original Prom Night or the Metallica track on Ride the Lightning. This movie has a premise that's been used in many movies that are even non-horror related that I love so much. Just the very core of what this movie's about is fucking... I, that's been one of my favorite concepts. Say, take like a Sammy Kerr fucking kind of a thing. Like, yeah. A form of a revenge film in, in a sort of a way and I fucking really dug it like weird kind of like out oddball outcast type character again like 
treated like shit throughout his day to day. Yeah, and uh, when I fu- when I watched it for the first time all the way through and really took it in, it was really cool to see like a young Mickey Rourke. Oh yeah, um, this is like one of his earlier films, like maybe second, third. Yeah, I mean he's young in this movie, and then the one of the coolest parts about me like not watching this until now um, is some of the faces you see in it. Um, Norman Burton was one of the fucking uh, police officers in Bloodsport, the opposite of Forrest Whitaker. Oh, fuck, it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and I noticed him right away, and I'm like, dude, that's the guy from fucking Bloodsport, right? I like, didn't pay attention. Yeah. He was also in, uh, he's been in a couple fucking, like, big ones. Um, he was in, like, I think Planet of the Apes and, like, yeah. something else. But, like, Bloodsport, we all know him from Bloodsport. But, yeah, that's him and a uh, young Mickey Rorick, and also the dude from the original Children of the Corn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Horton. Yeah. And this was pre-Children of the Corn, so I always love that because it's like it catches you off. You, you're not, you're obviously not expecting it if you're watching the movie for the first time for real. But like, just to see cool like oddball shit like that, you know. Dude, I love going back. You, you, you see these people, these movies you know them from, like even if they were just like a one-off character, or a side character in these movies, but it's like a later on, like maybe late '80s, early '90s type movie. And then you go back and you're just watching some weird ass fucking early '80s movie, '70s movie, and you just catch a glimpse of it, and you're like, "I recognize that person." And then you go digging, you're like, "Fucking hell, it's this guy!" I love that shit. It happens to me. One of the biggest ones was like the first time I watched The Burning. Yeah, Leah Ayers mm-hmm. from Bloodsport. Like, she's not better than anything else. And those are two of my favorite fucking movies of all time. Like, if that's her whole filmography, fucking bury me with it. Because Bloodsport and the Burning, fucking A, man. But to see that was like... Because, obviously, I've seen Bloodsport 172 times before I watched The Burning. Mm-hmm. And Bloodsport's burned in my head forever. And then when I first watched The Burning, I'm like, that's the chick from Bloodsport. Excellent, dude, you know? So, yeah, it's always cool to see that. And with this, a young Mickey Rourke, and then while you're watching it you're flipping through in your mind of all the movies that he was in and it's he's not talked about as much as say some other uh, actors I mean we you know I'm just trying to think like he was in I think he got more popular later on like more recently like when he did like the he did the wrestler yeah, he came back shit. into the wrestler and everybody was like oh fucking Mickey Rourke's doing the wrestler and yeah but before that I mean he was known, but you didn't hear him come up a lot in conversation. It wasn't like a big like thing where people talking about Mickey Rourke with stuff. But it was like, yeah, once the wrestler came out, it was like a big fucking oh my god, fucking Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he's, he's been a bunch. He's been a fucking ton, man. Yeah, he's been in a lot of fucking movies, and uh, I honestly didn't like look them up for this episode or whatever. But dude, yeah. for, on first command. When you think Mickey Rourke, what movie comes to Harley Davidson and the Cowboy There man? it is. Or, uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man with Don Johnson. That fucking movie, dude. Yeah, it's still fucking... One that of, one's... It's been a minute, but that seriously is the first movie that I think of when I think of him. Same here. Yeah. I was like, dude, fucking Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. That I fucking loved that movie when I was a kid, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. But I was like, man, that's really cool. And, uh... But with this movie, man... Um... Uh, right from the beginning I was like I'm gonna like this movie and I swore that the aunt Stella yeah 
was the chick from 976 Evil with the fish that rained from the sky, the crazy cat. I don't know that movie enough. Oh. Well, like, I the dude, the movie, dude yeah. lives with um, the guy on the motorcycle in the movie, the cool mm-hmm. dude, yeah. Spike, lives with his aunt who inherited him when his mom passed away, and she's, like, this Bible-thumping crazy, like, and then it just rains fish one day, and she's all, like, out there. I thought it was the same. It's not, though. She was in this... The, Aunt Stella was in, a, like, known for Tarzan movies. Yeah, I know she was uh, basically Golden Age or something. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. So I, I was like, is that is that her? But no. And then I was thinking, is that, like, Kathy Bates from Misery? Like, well, my mind's just going, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are we doing, man? Like, with a wig on or something? You're fucking all over the map, <laughs> I know. Dude. But, 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 dude, that's how my brain works. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You were in three episodes of The Twilight Zone. You know, like, I'm not supposed to know that, but yeah, right off rip, like, I just love this movie because, uh, I do just because of, um, his character is so, um, yeah, Dennis Christopher. Yeah. It's so, uh, it's like fucking relatable to me, I guess, man. He nails it. And I feel like his character can be relatable to like, I mean, I'm going to say a lot of people and not even just the horror community, but if you're just in the cinema in general, you kind of get this obsessiveness about you where you become an exciting encyclopedia when it comes to this shit. And it's stuff that you are super interested and you care about, but most people in your day-to-day don't give two fucking shits about. And it's like, becomes almost like that fucking meme of like, these people don't know blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that. But like, so it, to a degree, I think a lot of people in like horror can relate to this because you get that fucking sense of you're like obsessed with these fucking movies you like can name off fucking characters you can say like lines and what they've been in what the fuck their character's name was and nobody gets a fuck about that but you do and that's what the beauty of conventions are oh, yeah the, I mean the first couple I went to man my that was it was great because I'm being educated on shit that no one cares about by people who give give a shit as much as me. Like you do realize he was on like the fourth season of Tales from the Dark Side. You know the episode. I'm like, really? And then I'm like, he was fucking right, dude. You know, four days after the convention, I get home like he was right. Yeah, but like, yeah, I could totally relate with this dude, and it could be applied personally for me with music as well. Yeah. But with this in this movie, it's it's about movies, about cinema. I mean, you can apply to like anything across the board, like something that you're just so into that you become obsessive with that you just fucking that's you just eat knowledge on it. Yeah, you just eat that shit. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he. And you know what sucks is like nothing really like came about with his career. I mean, he did a lot of television work after this, but uh, he stayed more active than I think almost anybody else outside of Mickey Rourke in this movie, though. He did. Because he was in, uh, I think he was in Django Unchained. Yeah, 2012. Correct. Yeah, I did but, see I mean, that. Uh, what's, uh, the one that kind of surprised me that wasn't able to make a career, which I don't really know the history, is um, Linda Carriage. The Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. yeah. Like, boo, fucking spot on for Marilyn Monroe. And she did, like, five, six-something movies, and before the end of the 80s, that was her career. Yeah, and you know, I was I was thinking about that too with her because, like in the eighties, there was this like whole. Everything was, um, in, in movies, 
was like always paying homage to like the 50s and the 60s. Like they kind of came back in the 80s, right? So you had like Back to the Future was like, dude, Chuck Berry, right? And then you had like Material Girl, the Madonna video was totally about Marilyn. Like people were dipping back into that and in like how she didn't, I mean, she could have just played it off as like just doing that in movies as like just a stand-in or like, I don't know, because she looked fucking identical to Marilyn Monroe to me. That's how she got this part. She uh, initially wasn't like uh, the director um, Vernon Zimmerman Yeah, Vernon Zimmerman. Met her at a party like a year prior mm-hmm. and then after that went home and rewrote the script for her mm. because of the fact that she was like a dead on for Marilyn Monroe and his character was going to be fucking obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, which they nailed that too in this movie. The the whole like, yeah, like you're almost rooting for the guy, but then it starts to get really weird where it's like overly obsessive. He's definitely, he dude, he fucking nails this role. He does, for sure. Oh and my God. He has that quirkiness where there's parts of it where it's like, totally relatable and then other parts where it gets like almost like cringe level like dark you really are fucking kind of weird but still relatable then you kind of feel bad for him it's like all over the fucking map and then yeah once uh get to about the halfway point just before that's when it kind of flips to dark yeah (laughs) and like from there on out like it's just a fucking ride yeah yeah and that that's where i'm really excited to get to the halfway point well, like when he finally snaps and like the things that take place after that incredible but a couple things I did want to point out was the uh, posters in this movie that you just see in the background are fire like I at mean, the, in the boss's office yeah man I'm just tourist like, trap Halloween, Halloween. Uh, there's a bunch of them yeah there's like you know just panning across the fucking it's great man and then, uh, what else was I going to touch on? Uh, I really dug that because when you see posters or any kind of horror, anything, nod to anything in a movie, it's like, oh, cool. Dude, I, just like everybody, I love watching these movies. And if there's like a, something in the background, I'm always going for fucking posters or images or something. If it's fucking on the streets, I'm always looking for if there's a fucking, uh, marquee, marquee for a fucking theater. Fuck, see yeah. what was playing when this fucking movie got shot. Yeah. It's like uh, going back to 976 Evil, dude. Just recently, within the past couple of years, I noticed when they're playing poker, when they're doing the all-night horrorthon, mm-hmm. and they're the ones responsible for changing the reels, they're just playing poker and drinking and shit, but behind Homeboy is a fucking straight-up maniac poster, but they do it in a way to where you can't see the movie title. You just see the head and the knife, and the, you're like, ah, it's a fucking maniac poster, and then pan over, and it's like a fucking um, Clash poster or something, and then you got, like, Night of the Living Dead, and it's like... All right, this is cool. And you never notice it before because you're paying attention to what they're doing and what they're saying and shit. But mm-hmm. I've seen, like, three or four posters in the, in the boss's office here that were just fucking awesome, dude. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And there's also, I mean, outside from the posters, there's just the clips from old movies mm-hmm. they show. I guess the horror ones being... Which I don't really think... Man, they kind of show not clip on TV or clip on a screen, but it flashed to a scene of a horror Dracula. Mm-hmm. He's in the theater watching Night of Living Dead. Another reason that I'm just... Yeah. Like, for him to dress up like Dracula and go and see Night of the Living Dead in a theater, 
I, dude, my, it just fucking warmed my heart, that whole scene. I'm like, hell yeah. Not only are you going to see the greatest movie of all time, in my opinion, but you're in full, like, costume as, like, you're the man, dude. Like, right. I know you're fucking weird, and I know you're probably a little <laughs> creepy to some people, but I'd hang out with you, dude. Like, <laughs> what'd you do? Uh, I met some dude dressed like Dracula, and we went and seen Night of the Living Dead at the State Theater. Like, <laughs> it's five bucks, free popcorn all night, I don't know. Yeah. It's a nod to, like, all my favorite shit, man, and then, and then even shit that I didn't even know about that I learned about because of this movie, the other characters he kind of does it Fucking later. Fucking Cassidy. Yeah, there was a whole thing with that too. We'll yeah. get into that. But, uh, so yeah, basically he works at the studio with the reels and he delivers reels on a Vespa. Yeah. But he's bullied, picked on, no one takes him seriously, his aunt's mean to him all the time, meets a chick that... His aunt slash mom. Yeah. She's like playing them. <clears throat> you think, he's, you think like, it's the aunt until like... The later half of the movie, when they come and realize they 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 let it be known that no, pretended to be the aunt, really the mom. Yeah, and he he puts up like right from the first five minutes, she's just on his ass. Like yeah. you look like hell. You need to do something with yourself, and you need to eat breakfast. Eat that fucking grapefruit. It's vitamin C without the acid. Yeah, and then they clip to the fucking the movie where he's got the yeah. shit and then he just puts a cigarette out in the oh, I love it dude I'm like hell yeah but then uh, you know as you go on you realize that this dude's just getting the shit end of the stick on all fucking platforms of life like at work at home and then you're like rooting for the guy when he meets Marilyn yeah and you're like she sees that he's a cool dude and like it just happens like that sometimes in life I guess right so that's also relatable I mean, fast forward to a really shitty movie called, like, the Shallow Hell. <laughs> Shallow Hell. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, the the dude scores the hot... I guess I that's that that's never going to die out. That's always going to be cool. Like, even, that whole scenario, like, even a dog pulls a T-bone out of the trash once in a while. You want that for this guy, right? You're like, okay. Wait, do you just say Shallow Hell? Is it Shallow Hell the one where... He thinks the chick is like a ten, and it's really like a large girl who isn't attractive. Yes, and he's a piece of shit guy. I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I just <laughs> he's a piece of shit dude who's like always judgmental on girls' appearances, and like so, somehow he gets hypnotized to like view the see the outside of people the way their insides are. So it's when he sees uh, what's her name as like this like really hot chick when she really because she's nice on the inside she's a great person on the inside but she's like really overweight and not attractive but he sees her as this really hot chick oh that's a shitty movie then yeah yeah <laughs> i thought it was no i thought honestly i've never seen that movie i'm being honest but i thought that the whole premise was like he seen her for other than what other people did like but then i guess with the whole no. title shallow hells he's a shallow well, i think i think by the end of it like the curse gets broken or some shit whatever it is I don't fucking know and then he ends up with her I think still I would hope there's a happy ending and I, don't I think know. there's a Joris Costanza has got a tail in it <laughs> <laughs> you know way more than I do about that but okay let me think of another fucking movie then <laughs> okay like a uh, like a pretty in pink or like a weird science where like the you know the nerdy kid gets like the hot chick Gotcha, gotcha. You know what I mean, okay. You know, those fucking nerds get, scored one of the pies or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> one of the Delta pies. <laughs> um, 
But you're like rooting for this dude because like she's like agrees to go to a movie with him and he's got this whole thing planned out. He gets all dressed up. He's all gets all snazzied up and he's like, Yeah, and then she accidentally stands him up. Yeah. It wasn't on purpose. She was hanging out with the Peter Horton character and she's like, Oh shit, I'm supposed to be at like a movie. And he's going around, he's asking, like, dude, have you seen this girl? And he's just like bombed out. He's going up to like random blonde chicks. Yeah. And then he gets punked out by a prostitute. Fuck yeah, he it's does. Like, how bad does it get, dude? I got ten bucks. He's like, for what? Cat food? Get lost. Like, that's fucking terrible. And uh, then you're like, man, this guy's really getting shit on. Like, it's really getting bad for this dude. And eventually, that takes its toll on him. Yeah, like fucking, his aunt mom just kind of picks the wrong time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And can we just, like, uh, can we just really, really take time to appreciate her death? Because, <laughs> man, is that just fucking a horrible scenario for a person in her condition. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not up there with the first five minutes of Bay of Blood. But, like, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Pretty bad. I would say that, that, that Bay of Blood has a worse scenario for someone who's in that condition, but god damn it, to go downstairs in a fucking... But that just, to me, that's what elevates how just he snapped. Like, he's like, there's no, um, like, recollection of, like, or there's no consideration of human life or fucking people's feelings or fucking what's right or wrong anymore. He's just done. He's like, fuck you. And then he meets... This was... This was before that, he meets the dude in the fucking 1934... No, that was after. Oh, was it after? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because after he gets out of the car, when the guy's like, yeah, give me a call, we'll talk about your movie, he goes into the house and calls for his aunt, like, oh, we made it. I thought and he was then, talking to a picture of his mom, though. He's like, I'm, I'm going to be rich, we don't have anything to worry about. And then she I think comes he, in. I think he initially came in and said, and then he kind of realized, and then he started talking to the fucking, like, picture... Gotcha. Like to the mirror or whatever. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, Mom, I'm going to be rich. We're not going to have anything to worry about. But then he like realizes what, what really fucking happened. Like, so that was after he and put... It, yeah, and at that point he's fucking already... He put like the fake sign up, like street sign. And then he started calling himself Cody Jarrett, which is a uh, homeboy from um, White Heat. White Heat, yeah. And then he's like at the fucking... Uh, at the, like the outdoor hot dog stand or whatever. <laughs> did you ever see Marilyn come out of there? Dude, yeah, yeah is... dude, you don't know that Sharon Tate stayed in room 334? Like, you don't deserve to live. It's, it's like, like, she's dead, you fucking jerk. You're wrong. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's doing the whole cigarette with the aviators on. He's like, nah, man, Marilyn, she's alive. And he's like, the, f- the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's been dead for years. <laughs> I fucking love that, though, man. Yeah, when he finally snaps, it's like the movie... But the the cool thing is with this one in particular is that it doesn't slow burn up until that point. It's a good movie up until that point. It just gets better to me. Yeah. Like, they do a good job building what his character is and why he does what he does very well in this movie. And the fact that he uses many facets of film... Dating back to the fucking thirties, all the way up until whatever. There's like that, and he just goes through each different character and gets his revenge in that character, which is like closure for him. Like, dude, everyone, 
that's ever been in that position, I'm sure has fantasized about how, and it gets really bad sometimes when you get to, when you go to like some, like a scenario like Columbine or something where it's like, when you get fucking, when you snap like that, I would imagine that in your head, you have no more reasoning of like, you, now, now it's gone to a place where there's like a point of no return, but because he loves film so much, he wants to do what he's going to do anyway in the character of the way he wants it done and like, there's really not another movie like this, man. There's revenge movies and movies like this that weird kid gets picked on and shit. But I think in this one, it's kind of cool because he like he's just like so into fucking like the characters, like the uh, the Cassidy guy, like that whole scene. And 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 I, I'll get into that, but like I'm sure you agree with me on that, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, fuck. He's fucking. Uh, <clears throat> so he kills the ant, and it's that's kind of his slow progression. Like he he fucking loses it when he gets stood up. Mm-hmm. And then he just fucking takes it out and kills the ant. And then he's still kind of holding it together. A little bit. Nothing's Not much has changed. He's kind of a little uh, little quick with at the funeral or at the, the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And then kind of loopy with the fucking male lady. That's when he starts saying his name's fucking Cody. Yeah. And that's when she realized they fucking he changed the street name. <laughs> yeah. But, um... It's like, so that happens, and it's still kind of the same thing, just a little slightly, like, he's a little pissed off, and then it's, uh, Rourke's the next one, right? Yeah, they're at the carnival. Yeah, and that's when, because they had the bet, and... The Casablanca bet. He got stiffed on the bet, and he's getting shit from, he's been getting shit from him and his friend, Mm -hmm. and that's basically, yeah, he does the fucking whole hop-along Cassidy fucking, uh, duel... Which, uh, sidestep, there was a lawsuit involved. Yeah. Uh, with the use of that Hopalong Cassidy character and the way it was portrayed in the film, correct? Yep. Yeah. They said it was, um, it was portrayed with contempt and ridicule. Yeah, ridicule, yeah. <laughs> like, and all it was was clips from the fucking movie. Yeah, but the way I think that mixed with how he portrayed Hopalong Cassidy was like, they're trying to, like, make him look like a piece of shit and it's like well when did that when was that a thing yeah does anyone give a fuck at this point about hop along cassidy because i've never heard but apparently there's a small group of people who are still keeping long john silvers in business who love hop along cassidy we don't know where they are we don't know where they live (laughs) they do exist i promise okay but like yeah so i don't know and i actually didn't read anything about how that came out i don't know if like the who won who lost or if it got thrown out or what the fuck happened. i think it might have just got dismissed probably i mean who gives a fuck at that point i mean because this movie didn't make because there's the lawsuit was for 15 million this, this movie, movie grossed 18 yeah it didn't do what it didn't do great i mean it did it did, it did better here. in france. france it did real well yeah um, worldwide it did 18 yeah but here it did it there's there's no way they fucking gave over like 90 percent of their earnings <laughs> <laughs> over a fucking over a three minute clip of a portrayal of a guy from the fifties from a sitcom that was like a <laughs> renegade cowboy. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, dude, you know I'm really offended by gun smoke. Have you seen that? Like, come on, man, what are we doing here? Is that from the rifleman? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, dude, he does not sound like Sam Elliott. <laughs> the fuck, man. But no, yeah, so, okay. So, aside from the lawsuit, that did happen. I don't know, that's 
just a sidestep, but okay, so this scene comes up. Yeah. And by the way, I, I don't know if you're familiar. This is another sidestep, but I'm going to get it because this is my favorite part of the whole movie is the uh, the Cassidy part. The dude that walks by Rorick and his buddy mm-hmm. was it was he the laughing high guy in the welfare office in the Cheech and Chong movie? I'm not sure. Okay, well honestly. he's well that guy's in in this movie. I don't know where. I'm pretty sure that's him though. But there's a part where in the Cheech and Chong movie when they're in the welfare office, Chong is sitting in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Jones from Police Academy before Police Academy yeah. is acting like he's feeding a baby and, and, and then there's just the dude that's high off his ass laughing the whole time at Jones. Yeah. That dude's in this movie, the guy that's la- that's just laughing. And uh, I think he walks by and Rourke says something to him like, hey, where's all like the pussy? He's like, oh, it's all in Las Vegas. I haven't been there. He's oh, like, that guy? Yeah. That's the, that's the dude from <laughs> Cheech and Chow. Okay, whatever, right? So then they get the stuffed animals, they do the fucking gig, and then they're, like, out looking for chicks or whatever, and, like, out of the fucking darkness comes Hopalong Cassidy. (laughs) And they don't take him seriously, and they're like, this guy's a little off his rocker, and then they realize the gun's real. My favorite part of this scene is the fact that at some point, his character was convinced that he wanted to kill Mickey Rourke. This is the way he decides to do it. Dude, he's all about fucking uh, Golden Age Hollywood and fucking cinema. Like, so he... Yeah. But when every he, Every fucking kill is based off of a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to get... Because there's a few more. Yeah. And different characters as well. Mm-hmm. This one, what I liked most about it was like... If you watch movies like Trick or Treat, you see that he gets empowered when he gets his revenge the flames on the porch the whole thing with his character was like he's now a badass because now he has a power he didn't have before so yeah, like he the fucking Sammy Kerr yes Sammy Kerr helping him this dude is Hopalong Cassidy and when he finally uses his real voice and Rorick realizes who it is his hand starts shaking he's like human again yeah but he's still going to kill this motherfucker. Like, to me, that was like, wow, man. Like, when the bully finally gets his revenge, but, like, and he knows he has the upper hand, but he's still scared of this person. Like, that's kind of real-life shit. It's like, whoa, dude. And he still kills him. He still shoots him. But, like, he's like, how does it feel now? And, like, but he's fucking scared shitless, but you can't see his face because he's got that crazy-looking Primus mask on. <laughs> it looks like one of the guys from the Winona's Big Brown Beaver fucking video. <laughs> And uh, I love that scene, though, man. And then... Uh, Dude, the scene after, it's like the next day. They're walking out. Of, it's, it's Mickey Rourke's fucking buddy and then him walking out of the police station. His buddy's all like, oh, man, you think they're going to find him? And he's just like, I don't know, man. If you couldn't identify him, who can? <laughs> like, they, and he just totally, just at that point, just a totally different person than you've seen from the very first part of this movie. Like, his demeanor's changed. He's fucking gives zero fucks he doesn't care yeah wearing like aviators the whole time now and his like overalls going by his alias name (laughs) living under a new street address and is now the equivalent of you still smoking that stuff no I'm not yeah he becomes that dude (laughs) it's like (laughs) awesome so 
We got some more dead people coming up. Got the prostitute. Yep. He kills her. That's uh, the one he did with uh, Horrors of Dracula. Yes. Which, funny enough, they used Horror Dracula because they wanted to use actual Dracula, but Universal Studios told them no. Actual Dracula? Well, Universal Studios Dracula. Oh. Like, what you would picture as, like, the Universal Monster Dracula. So they used, like, one from, like, the Hammer? They like used the- Horror Dracula, which is um, a Lee? Hammer film. I believe it's Lee. I think it was Lee. He did all the Hammer ones, like the Brides of Dracula. Yeah, I believe the- that one's Lee. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's why they'd use that instead of, instead of Dracula. Couldn't use Lugosi. Yeah, no. No, yeah. <laughs> that would have definitely been a lawsuit they would have lost, for sure, if they were like, no, fuck that. Yeah, you ain't winning against fucking Universal. <laughs> yeah, we got Bella Lugosi and the Universal Dracula and Hopalong Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one's good. That fucking scene leading up to that is great, too, um, which is, I guess you could say it's probably, if this movie has iconic scenes, it's one of the iconic scenes of it's him, like, you just see the side profile and then he fucking turns and his one half of his face is completely done up like Dracula. Yeah. No, that's fucking it's a great shot. Also used uh as the promo poster. Yeah. The half and half. Mm-hmm. Which is like yeah. This is where he gets ready and he gets all decked out like Dracula and goes to the fucking theater watching uh Night Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, meets up with the prostitute who gave him a hard time yeah yeah she met her demise um my second favorite his boss the mummy we're, we're gonna skip right over the fucking uh oh no we're getting it no the, that, the shower scene what the uh psycho that's right in that ballpark oh with... yeah yeah okay well yeah no let's do that yeah because he because that, that was one of my favorite standout points of the movie was the nod to Psycho There's been, it's been done to death but yeah cause he goes to the fucking movie theater kills the prostitute all as Dracula and then heads over to her place yeah and weirdly enough she's in the shower but her hair is like parted and slicked back in certain ways just like Marilyn Monroe instead of it being all the way back like Janet Lee or something in Psycho it's like she still looks like Marilyn Monroe right I like that in that scene okay so he pulls the curtain off, open. She starts screaming, and then he like, "I just wanted your autograph," and like runs away, but drops. He had the fucking fountain pen. Oh yeah, and uh, that's how they kind of got the good shot of the ink running out of the fountain pen going down the drain. Yeah, which is like the blood. Yeah, which is that's what I mean. Like I fucking love shit like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even deep down, like a movie we did long time ago city in panic yeah the nod to psycho i love it i that's never gonna not be cool to me no you know so like and with the ink in that whole thing and like also just the way he looked through the shower curtain with almost like the prowler when you see like the it's just a it's cool to me it's cool to me because it's different. Because there was a silhouette of an old woman in back at that time when Psycho was a new movie. You're like, what the fuck was that? You see, like, the bun and the... Yeah. You know? And then, you know, it's just cool. I like it. Uh, yeah, so she's... So, like, Marilyn... Done. Met her met her demise, correct? No. He doesn't kill her there. No, he kills her later on. He doesn't kill her at all. Thought he did. On the rooftop. I don't think he... I don't think he killed her on the rooftop. 
He was killed on the rooftop. Yeah. Was she just so wait, so I'm I'm getting confused here. I just watched it today. <laughs> so she doesn't die then. No. No, she does not. He has her and drags her up on the roof. That's okay. Yeah, I gotcha. And then he gets killed. So yeah. she doesn't get killed. If she gets killed, then I've missed a a chunk of this movie, the same chunk every single time I okay. watch the movie. All right. Well, hey, man. Uh, yeah. So he scares her in the shower. Then he just. But runs he's off. in the full. Yeah. Then he runs off. And then now is the. Yeah, mommy. I'm pretty sure the next one is the the boss. He goes to the studio, his work, where he was fired. And it was like the next day or however many time passes and fucking, yeah. And yeah, yeah, because he got fired. Yeah, he got that whole fucking exchange was great. <laughs> like, it's too late, I quit. Where do you think you're going? I got a bunch of one sheets in there and I want them! Or like, whatever he said, was it? Yeah. One sheets, yeah. Yeah, so then he, but then the whole mummy thing was great too. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the in the warehouse, dresses the fucking mummy. His boss is a fucking heart condition, but he's also like drinking like whiskey and shit, yeah. <laughs> fucking popping pills, yeah. probably like taking nitro. Yeah, and he just like to the fullest plays that mummy. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, see his boss, like, literally fucking scared to death. Like, and he's, like, coming at him so slow, but he's really not doing a whole lot to get away. He's just, like, scared as fuck. And I'm like, I love it, man. Like, <laughs> like the fucking, it's like the fucking steamroller scene in Austin Powers. Oh, man. The guard just stands there screaming as it slowly approaches. That's terrible, dude. <laughs> like, dude, you could get out of there real quick. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that whole thing, he, like, he nails the uh, the mummy. Yeah. The walk, the whole thing. Uh, kills his boss. Oh, actually, I think we missed one. I don't think he kills his boss. I think he, uh, one of the ones he did before that was that uh, movie producer. The guy that took his script? Mm-hmm. Because he fucking uh, sees him on TV and he's talking about the movie that he's told him about. Oh, yeah. And then he calls him and the dude fucking blows him off like, I've never met you. And then he meets him. He fucking dresses up like a dude from Kiss of Death. And oh, yeah, yeah. meets him in the fucking barbershop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And just lights up the whole place with a fucking Tommy gun. I thought that was from uh, Alibaba and the... 20 Thieves. Well, the movie he pitched him was Alabama and the 40 Thieves. 40 Thieves, which was a... Because I don't know anything about these old... like. So well, that was a movie that he was... His idea. Alabama and the 40 Thieves, which is based off of like Alibaba. Alibaba. It's like the story, it was like the same story, but like modernized. And he had a whole thing. And that's the movie he pitched him. And he's like, yeah, dude, give me a call. You know, we can talk about it. And then yeah. he sees the dude on TV talking about that movie. Him thinking... This guy's gonna make my movie awesome. So then he, he calls him. Credit for it. Yeah, yeah. And then he calls him and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I never met you. I don't pick up hitchhikers." Oh yeah. yeah. And then he goes to the fucking uh, barbershop. Yeah, he, it takes everyone out. Yeah. Yeah, but he's got the whole like uh, gangster fucking. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh, the dude from. It's like I think it's based off of uh, one of the characters from the movie Kiss of Death. Yeah, which that, that's the one. Like every other kill on this movie, it's like understandable that he could have got away with it. Like, how did he get away with this one? He walks in there with a fucking Tommy gun, lights the place up, everyone runs out and leaves, and then he's still in there for another at least two to three minutes before he finally kills the dude. Then how does he get out? With how? What? <laughs> I mean, have you what, have you seen Falling Down? I have. Yeah. Uh, he spent a whole day doing that shit, and they didn't get him till the end. <laughs> I mean, he shot up a burger joint. He shot up a fucking... I mean, it's just like that sometimes, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the whole that whole uh, 20s gangster fucking Tommy gun scene was pretty cool, too. And he's even, like, got, like, the accent down and, like, the whole thing. Pretty cool, man. And he always dips back into his own voice. Yeah. He starts out full fucking character, mm-hmm. and then he uh, breaks out of it. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite aspects of, like, the whole thing is because, like, you, you, you get caught up in, like, a moment of, like, Hopalong Cassidy, and then you just hear his voice, and it's kind of got a little squeaky, a little, like, but the mo- someone's going to die. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah. So that's uh, pretty much the last big kill, correct? Uh, once he kills the boss, the the director. No, he kills the producer, and then I think he kills the boss after that. After that, um, and then he makes it to the roof of his workplace. Correct. For the end scene with, no, he um, he ends up with uh, Marilyn again because he I think he uh, gets her there for a job like a photo shoot, and then that's when the that. that not really a cop, he's a fucking psychiatrist, whatever the fuck that dude is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts it all together and what's going on. And gets down there and then... then uh, the guy that's been getting screamed at by the fucking yeah. detective the whole movie. Kicks in the door and fucking... Dude shoots him. And then he grabs Marilyn and they go up on the roof. Which basically gets to the end of the movie. Of them shooting him off the fucking roof. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what, though? And the ending of that ending fucking mirrors the ending of White Heat, which is Cody Jarrett. So it's basically like his his uh, life started paralleling. Yeah, the character that he was portraying, trying to live. Yeah, yeah. Also, I yeah, and that's which is cool, a w- really cool way to end the movie. Yeah. Um, when he was. But the whole photo shoot aspect thing he was doing really had a similarity to Peeping Tom. There's one scene in Peeping Tom in a certain room in between the beginning and midway. Okay. Where he's doing a photo shoot, and it it had that same vibe to me. And I don't I don't know if that was done on purpose or whatever, but just knowing that they're nodding to like old horror and shit. And Psycho and Peeping Tom being, it would have been arguably if it was intentional, it would have been cool because you don't really see a lot of people doing nods to Peeping Tom. Correct, but it did have that. Psycho always gets it. Yeah, over that over Peeping Tom. Yeah, but like I was like, dude, 
I thought about it, and I'm like, man, that's kind of cool, because that reminds me of the one scene from Peeping Tom, man. So, yeah. But overall, I love this movie. I wanted us to cover it, and I'm glad we did. I know that Vinegar uh, Syndrome released a a Blu-ray, I'm sorry, uh, last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been out on media forever. I have the media slip. It also came out on a fucking one of those... uh double feature DVDs oh did it I'm blanking on what the other movie was I think I own it it's uh Fade the Black and fuck man I can't remember it's another good movie I don't think it's Shock cause that's just a weird fucking combo maybe it is Shock Fade the Black and Shock no Shock was with um Possession Something. Shock was with possession, I believe. Yeah. Now it's kind of killing me. I know what you're talking about. It's like split in half on the cover. Yeah. Like the one of those cheap ass fucking yeah DVDs. Like MGM released like all those fucking double features. Hell Knight. Hell Knight. Gotcha. Which is ironic because that's one of the movies that I've watched recently. It's a good the, one. For the thousand fucking top. <laughs> Low-key, one of my favorite fucking horror movies. I don't know why. I was watching it with uh, Kisera, and uh, I don't think she had ever seen it. And I was like, dude, this is like a very strange... She's like, is this a slasher? I'm like, you know, I've heard mixed opinions about it. Just because of the uh, the setting where it takes place in the mansion, which has, like, a Victorian feel, and then the outfits they're wearing as well. I was going to say, if, if she likes old horror movies a lot, I could see her digging this she because of the it. setting of this movie. She loves Halloween party, and a lot of people are dressed up in Victoria gowns, taking place in an old fucking mansion, has a very fucking gothic horror feel to it, just with, like, a slasher twist. Yeah, that's what I, I was like. Well, it definitely has the slasher thing going on, but there's also like the creature feature yeah. or monster or like a hunchback of Notre Dame or like a Nosferatu roaming around in this castle kind of mansion thing. So it kind of like had a little bit of a, a homage to that, but also it was it came out when the slasher boom was happening. So like people were getting off like like a slasher movie. So it's fucking yeah. great. Linda Blair's in it. It's fucking awesome, man. I yeah. I love Hell Knight. Always have. Yeah. So. That movie's definitely fucking great. Now you you don't see it brought up a lot. No, and which is weird because Linda Blair is in it. Yeah, and the dude from Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, is in it as well. Mm-hmm. I love Hell Knight. I think it's a fucking great, great fucking movie. Even the ending, everything about it is. Um. So yeah, I watched that. Um, I what, you haven't you? I think you said something about not watching horror lately. I haven't. Well, I, yeah, I haven't been putting in putting in many movies. Uh, honestly, the only two, last two I could really think of, other than just like putting on background shit, was uh, Commando and Surviving the Game. Man, that's a fucking tall order. Commando action pack Sunday right there for me, dude. Commando has gives me childhood memories like Bloodsport does, mm. like something about it. Like obviously, I probably watched it a lot as a fucking kid, 
But yeah, and those fucking that steel drum comes in hard throughout the whole fucking movie, dude. It is amazing that fucking steel drum soundtrack. I'm trying to think of what the fuck that is. It's like the normal like soundtrack you'd expect from an '80s horror movie or '80s like action, action movie, movie. But then there's like the steel drums that are in there, like like the fucking dude. It's fucking there. It's, I'm gonna it's happening. To, I didn't put it on the other night when I told you I was going to, and I, I have it on. Like VHS and shit, I'm like, man, I gotta hear this steel drum because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it it comes in hard and it's uh, often. Yeah, I think they're. I think it might be happening during the whole fucking uh, feel good '80s like montage shit going on with him and Alyssa Milano. Like, dude, that whole... What did I okay, tell you? what we're going to do is we're going to try to paint fucking Schwarzenegger into a family tie scenario yeah, to dude. start this fucking... Or growing pains or something like... I'm like, dude, this is fucking, like, 80s cheesy feel-good, like, the none ice cream other, fucking, dude. Yeah, dude, they're making sandwiches and shit. I'm like, fuck off. And then it just... From there, he's fucking got rocket launchers and fucking, like... <laughs> just killing fucking snapping pee. He's dead tired. Like... <laughs> the fucking one-liners. I forgot all the all the fucking one-liners in this movie. Yeah. But yeah. amazing. It's still an amazing fucking movie. Okay, now, did you know uh, Homeboy, the villain? Bennett. Bennett, who was uh, also in uh, Mad Max 2. Mm. Was he humongous? No. He was the main dude, the... Mohawk fucking feather oh, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. You're right. He was that guy. He wasn't initially supposed to be in that role. It was supposed to be fucking uh, Wings Hauser. Are you serious? Yeah. But uh, he got fired. <laughs> and then they brought uh, him in. Which is why I guess his clothes fit a little snug and weird. Because clearly they're different shapes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's wearing that like chain mail fucking like, thing. And... Yeah. He's got kind of like the gut. Yeah, yeah. He's a bigger guy. It makes sense, though, that Wingshauser would have made sense. Because, okay, he was also kind of built. He was in good shape at that time. Mm-hmm. So it would have made sense that he was a fucking on the... In Arnold's unit. And there were fucking all these, like, train killer, like, military, like, ripped dudes. Would have made more sense. 100% works with fucking Homeboy. He looks like a fucking beefed up Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bennett. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Also, Luther. Yep. From Forty Eight Hours and uh, dude from the Rogues and uh, the Warriors. Yeah. Um. And and Tommy Chong's daughter. Yeah. Radon Chong. She was gorgeous. Yeah, pretty hot in this movie. I guess there was a love scene they filmed and they just scrapped it because it like didn't feel right, didn't fit. Oh right, yeah. Not only that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, she did. She ended up doing one with the dude from, um, oh, who was also in the Warriors and also was kind of in Aliens, and then wasn't anymore because he got popped with a bunch of like opium. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget that guy's name. William, uh, what the fuck that guy's name is? But yeah. he was in the third story of the Tales from the Dark Side movie with the. Yep. And it was him and her and. Pretty, pretty steamy scene in that fucking. Uh, promise not to tell. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but fuck, Commando's great, dude. And uh, someone actually pointed out uh, years ago that there's a scene where there's like motherfuckers are just getting sprayed with like AK 47 and bombs and shit going out, but they're just cardboard cutouts that just fall down. 
fuck. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like in an open field where you just see people running. Yeah, it's probably just, when he gets to the mansion on the island. Yeah, and just you if you really look in the background, they're just like cardboard cutouts of people just falling backwards, <laughs> almost like... That's amazing. Yeah, which makes it even cooler. But I always just really dug him carrying a fucking full 200-year-old oak tree over his fucking... Uh, oh, yeah, that fucking first, <laughs> first intro. intro to him. Oh, he's bad as fuck. Splitting wood, carrying a fucking, like, half a tree. Yeah, and, and what's more badass in an action movie... Like then just like noticing that your whole engine is fucked and just pushing your Bronco downhill and still getting the fucking where you need to get. <laughs> I love it, dude. Dude, I love watching scenes like that where you could tell they completely fucked that car and then they had to refilm from yeah. a different because like he he's going down that hill, dude. He can hits a bump and comes down. You could tell he just totally blew out his fucking suspension, tie Axles. rods, everything like that. <laughs> There's no way they're still doing this. And then it cuts to another scene. It's going back down again. Like, all right. So they had like, all right, cut it, guys. Bring in the next one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a long way down he went, too. Of oh, some rugged terrain, man. Yeah, Love Commando. Um, also, the dude from Predators in it who's been oh, yeah. in fucking 100 other movies. That guy's the man. Um but, dude, surviving the game. Like, not many people know about this movie. movie's amazing. It's all-star cast. Fucking love that movie. And I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah. And at, when I first seen it, which I definitely seen it when I was a kid for sure because I remember it. Back then I had no idea what kind of cast I was fucking dealing with. Dude, man. Ice-T, Rugger Howard, uh, John C. McGinley, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Um, F. Murray uh, Abraham. Um, hit that uh, uh, F. Murray Abraham's son in the movie is the killer from Copycat. Okay, he was the only one I didn't know because that 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 dude was in Scarface. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He was um, the guy that gets hung from the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the right hand man of fucking Frank. Yeah. And uh, Sosa fucking is like, we, we noticed his fucking, you know, he was the one that fucking just, fuck off, Tony, I'll do the talking. like And then, it, so like, when you fucking see the movie, you're like, man, this is a great movie. And then years later, you go back like, that's the dude from Scarface. That's fucking Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon. That's fucking the dude from, uh, at that time, On Deadly Ground, the Seagal movie. He would later become Dr. Cox, okay? Fucking Platoon. And Platoon. And, uh... Oh my. <laughs> office space. Yeah, oh, oh well, yeah, office space. He fucking gives a look in this movie, and it's like he's staring at Ice T, and it's like the same look he gives in office space when uh, Lumberg kind of talking <laughs> shit about um, about uh, what's his name? He's like, oh, he's not problem with his TPS reports, and he's just kind of giving him that stare, and he leans forward. Yeah. And then he sits back, like, the same exact fucking look. Like, dude, those fucking intense eyes. <laughs> God. And what's... Oh, there was another one I'm missing? Uh, Busey, Rudger Howard. Oh, Rudger Howard, Blind Fury. Fuck off. Blind Fury, Hitcher. Yeah. Fucking Deadlock. Dead, Jesus. Like, his list goes on, dude. Yeah, Rudger Howard. Yeah, the Hitcher's fucking one of the fucking... Newer bro. movie, Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, Yeah. Hobo with the shotgun's great, dude. That was like a fucking, uh, I still got it movie for him. Because, dude, he was fucking great. Like, all the movies he was in back in the day were great, man, to me. Yeah. 
I mean, they weren't huge blockbuster hits, but like Blind Fury's amazing still to this day. Yeah. And The Hitcher's amazing, and uh, Deadlock was pretty cool too. So, like, yeah, man. But fucking, man, yeah, what an all-star cast. And the Ice-T fucking really did a good job of this movie for not really having... And look at the acting career he had going forward, too. I mean, he's, like, been on that fucking cop show for goddamn near fucking over a decade, I'm sure. Is that show still going? I have probably. I have no idea. He's been doing that for forever. I mean, that's a long way from fucking putting out a body count record and fucking... uh, did he put out cop he, killer and shit. He put out what is it the second? Was it the second body count album right around the time this movie came out? No, that was the first one. Was it the first? That one? was the first original one with cop killer on it that they got in all that trouble. Oh, I thought it was like the second one around the time this one came out. This movie came out. Oh, the second one because he has he actually has a song on it called "Surviving the Game." It's like not related, but it's like it happened to be like around the same fucking time. No, I think the only one I knew about came out in the early '90s, and it was uh, the one with the tattooed like airbrush dude on the front with all the gang graffiti on it or whatever and there was a fucking song on there called Cop Killer that started with yeah. a shotgun blast and well yeah that's like what how that kind of blew up because the negative attention from the media and everybody else about that fucking song but yeah they've released multiple albums they've released more albums yeah yeah that's the only one I've ever heard my uncle had I heard that when I was like fucking nine years old he's like body count like whoa dude like <laughs> pretty heavy shit but uh yeah this movie uh surviving the game is great and it's like um uh, kind of fucking dude for like being like not really known keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole fucking time like you're like holy shit man like yeah, it's fucking great yeah but the whole turn at the like beginning of the movie when they invite him out and like yeah. When you realize what you're like, get the fuck out of here. Really, dude? And then years later, it would be uh, mimicked by uh, Charlie and Dennis, who were going to hunt cricket. <laughs> <sighs> and you're going to hear fucking Frank drop a couple of fucking John Rambo quotes. <laughs> that's not the first time. No, I'm pretty sure that's John Rambo. Rambo. This is not the first time that you've put your life in the scenario of John Rambo. I just want you to know that. But um, <laughs> those are a couple of <laughs> <laughs> a couple of uh, you, me, and a couple of sour balls. <laughs> <laughs> you and me and some strawberry blonde. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing that. You guys, you guys are jealous, fucking fucking jealous balls. <laughs> <laughs> the hard candies is fucked. I'm not even going to deal with that. <laughs> well, I guess there's only one thing left to do. <laughs> oh, my God, man. What am I, you dude? What have you been watching? Um, fuck, I watched, uh, I watched the original RoboCop, I think, two days ago. Not... Like predetermined, not nothing. It just randomly happened. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm watching the original RoboCop, and I love that fucking movie. Second one as well. Can't do the third one. The last time I watched RoboCop, I just stayed mm-hmm. on the couch all day and watched all three. Yeah, which the only way I would watch three is if I did them all three in a row. Three's pretty tough for me to. It's not horrible, but it's not. Second one's fucking gold. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Did the first one as well. Uh, I watched that. I watched uh, the original American Ninja. Wow. Let's see what else. Uh, I didn't write any of these down. I, I meant to. Um, but it, it, it's been a while since we did an episode, and I've just been all over the map. I mean, I'm, I went through the whole fucking new season of Sunny. That took some time, and uh, I've been doing a lot of Twilight Zone episodes, just randomly, just here and there. Uh, some stuff on Shutter. Uh, what did I just check out on Shutter? trying to think they, they put some new stuff on there and I watched something the other day uh, but because I haven't left the house I've literally been watching movies in my room all I have is the old box TV from apparently your parents cabin oh shit you saw the TV that weighs about 278 pounds <laughs> yeah. and because my cat jumped off of the windowsill and snapped the uh, color stream cables off into the TV it can only be connected with a coax so there's a VCR in there and with the heat being off, the space heater goes in the room. My only option is to watch tapes. What I do is, not the greatest VCR, only tapes I have doubles of. In the past three weeks, I've watched Creepshow 1, Creepshow 2, Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2. I've watched, um, I'm trying to think what, the original Halloween, the original Friday the 13th. This, this Literally, I, I haven't even put them away. There's stacks of tapes in my room. i got to put them back, right? Uh, what else did I watch? Uh, I did watch Christmas Evil again. Happy birthday to me. Uh, Peace as always. The Prowler. I showed fucking Casera the Prowler for the first time. She fucking was like, dude, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, it's one of my favorite fucking movies ever, you know. Like, and it's really cool to watch a movie like that with someone who's never seen it before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. So that was cool. Uh, the Prowler. Pieces. Uh, just like nothing really out of the ordinary. I can't really think. Hell Knight, like I said. Uh, and that's about it, man. I haven't really, uh, haven't really dug too deep into anything since we did the Serbian film uh, thing with Zach. Mine's more on the music side. I've just been like, uh, well, mostly just jamming music and watching the Wings because the Wings didn't play for two weeks. The Red Wings, and like now they're back, so it's like destination television when I get home from work. It's like, Wings play at 7, dude. We'll watch them lose, and we'll check out the new Midnight track. That's cool. Like, they're like a coin toss this year. Yeah, well, they're above 500, so it's watchable hockey. It's not like it was fucking, you know, poor Sabres have only won 13 games. We've won 18, so. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad. We're like 18, 17, and 5. Well, now we're like 18, 18, and 5 because we lost tonight, but I'll take that over fucking the last three seasons, so it's watchable hockey. Yeah, whatever. But that's all I've been. That's all I've really been watching. Honestly, uh, we just watched Mortuary while we were doing this <laughs> episode. You know, whatever the fuck this is. But uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, I woke up, left Tubi running all night. Woke up for work yesterday, and literally just the start of Anthropophagus came on. Nice. And took a shower, drank my Monster got dressed and really sat down to watch the end caverns parts the end of the movie and uh so i did i watched that because usually i'm just like you start the movie over and over and over with the beach scene with the i literally was showering during all that when i walked in is right when he walks into the cave like with the and then the whole thing happens i'm like oh well i'm gonna watch this before i go to work (laughs) awesome uh that's about it though um, what have you been jamming, dude? 
Um, let's see. Kind of digging into. I mean, obviously, I'm still jamming a shit ton of fucking Archigathus. Um, Excellent, dude. Dehumanizer LP, which is fucking still top tier, man. Um, started going on like a more of a crust kick, which I sent you. Uh, I was listening to Extinction of Mankind. Might be my new favorite band, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it before you came over again. Uh, so I sent you uh, the Nightmare Seconds. Check out their other album, Baptized in Shit, which is also amazing. Um, just great fucking, like, stench horror mixed with, like, fucking, like, metallic, like, Sepultura-ish sounding. Excellent. It's fucking amazing uh, from the UK. Um, <clears throat> then there's this fucking band from Indonesia called Domestic Crust. Their album, uh, Another Reality, Another Fears, uh, came out like 2018. Okay. Uh, which I believe I sent them to you. I don't know if you checked them out. No, I did not. I did not. It's kind of just like really crusty, like D-beat, almost like a State of Fear type sound to it. Fucking amazing. Fuck yeah. I've been kind of doing the whole grind and just 80s metal and D-beat shit that. for a while. Oh, and yeah. It's been... I really haven't really sat down and listened to a lot of like crust in years and now I'm starting to dig back through like flipping through my records like pulling shit out mm-hmm. like man I haven't listened to these guys in fucking forever it was a nice departure when you sent me that uh, instinct of mankind extinction of mankind in- extinction of mankind because th- I haven't I haven't heard one band in that realm whether it be from late 80s or modern that I didn't like yeah I uh, seriously I've never heard one. Yeah, they're okay. No, like Instinct of Survival and like you know, obviously, you know, the originals like Axe Grinder and I like all that. It's it's just phenomenal to me. And then the new bands that emulate that, absolutely great, dude. Um, I was trying to think. Isn't there another one uh, in that vein that is Hellshock like that? I was about to say, did I ever show you Hellshock? Yeah, because I checked them out at one point too when I was when you showed me Axe Grinder. I think they popped up. They're great. They're amazing too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then like Sword Wielder and shit. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean that shit. It's all fucking great. Yeah. Sword Wielder is a great example of a modern band just nailing that sound. Yeah, because the first it's one straight you- up like you could see like. You could hear Sword Wielder and think you would have caught them in a show in the 80s with fucking Axe Grinder. Yeah. Dude, the first one you showed me was Axe Grinder. And I was like, this is really fucking, what the fuck is this? This is this is incredible. And then, long like, a while after that, you were like, oh, dude, yeah, man, if you like that, remember I showed you Axe Grinder? If you like them, you'll like these guys. And you put that on, like, holy fucking shit, there's, like, more bands that sound like... I, I thought the Axe Grinder was the only band that, I thought it was, like, a one-off. And then, like, Instinct of Survival. Now you showed me this fucking Extinction of Mankind, and I hear fucking Max Cavalera, Arise era fucking mixed with Stenchcore. I'm like, holy fucking shit, what are, what are we doing here? So, excellent, man. Um, good stuff, for sure. And it's a nice departure, because we have been doing the grind thing for fucking, oh my god. Dude, like, I... since, like, fucking shows started coming back, it's been basically grinding, like, Priest and... 80s metal for us. Like you, like, you know in my car, I basically go between uh, Archagathus and Discharge. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like a six months on, six months off schedule with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if we're spinning records at my house, we're usually me and you drinking, and it's like 
Unleashed throwing on Priest and fucking like <laughs> new album East. shit. It's been a minute since I've really listened to like straight crust. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Winds of Change. We listen to that a lot more because it's been too long. And it's just memories. Memories. Yeah. Fucking just posted uh scroll on YouTube and found videos from when Man the Conveyors played Trumbleplex, like an oh seven. And it's fucking amazing. It's just all the all the homies in these videos. You see me in the background like dragging my girlfriend around at the time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's just <laughs> a fucking you, where you found a video of time. Yeah. It's uh so somebody uploaded it's Almost the entire set of Manic Conveyor is broken into, like, a couple songs. Oh, shit. And then one of them, he filmed it from, like, behind the drummer, like, on the stage. And it's they're doing a disrupt cover. Uh, and you just see, like, like marks in the video fucking grips the mic up from the singer. Like, whatever. You see me, like, dragging Liz around. Because at the time, Liz had pink hair. So that's the only reason you can point us out is, like... I knew to look for her. You could just see me, like, beer in hand, my arm around her, and we're just, like, back and forth across, basically across the screen and back. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, I'm like, yeah, you see, like, everybody in there. Like, Tim's in there. I think fucking uh, my old buddy Eric's in there. Like, everybody from the Detroit scene's in it. Cool. It's fucking like, man, man, this was a fucking blast from the past. It's like, I remember the show. Man, that's cool as fuck, man. Can't believe you found a video of that. Which, yeah, man, the conveyors... Have I showed you those guys? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't remember if I You told did. me the story of that. Oh, okay. But I didn't know there was a video of it. Yeah. You've told me about that. Like, because you've told me really fucking dope stories about the old Trumbleplex, which I never got to experience that. So, um, I caught the ass end of the original precinct. That was good enough for me, because I seen a fucking handful of just stout shows there. But you're like, dude, man, back in the day. You were like... Apparently, before they were shitty-ass Lamb of God, they were called Burn the Priest. I seen them, like, twice at the Trumbleplex. I'm like, well, they weren't that shitty when they were them. Then they became shitty when they were not them. They played, like, once at the Trumbleplex. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, like, they first... That was, like, late 90s shit. I I think I heard them, like, on Napster or something. I was like, oh, these guys are bad. And then Lamb of God happened. I'm like, ah. (laughs) See, I didn't didn't know that that band became Lamb of God. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, yeah. And even now, if I went back and listened to that, like, original Burn the Priest shit, I'd be like, this sucks. Like, fucking, what was I thinking? But I was, like, a fucking young as fuck when it came out, you know? Dude, when you're fucking young, you kind of get a pass for shit. That's what I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, shit that was cool in 99 probably wouldn't sound cool now, but Burn the Priest was cool. Like, for me, I don't know. (laughs) At one point, Cold Chamber was cool, I think. I don't know. Shit happens. (laughs) But yeah, I never got to I never got to do the Trumbleplex thing, man. But you told me there was like a fucking ton of shows there that were just fucking awesome, man. Yeah, like they're still going and uh, they still have some good shit going on. But there, that's like a, a a moment in time, like that early two thousands era. There's just so many fucking amazing shows, amazing shit happening there. Like so many fucking memories. Fuck yeah, yeah. You can't. That's. I, the only thing I, I got, I got the precinct. <laughs> I got a lot of good memories there because that's where I, when I met a lot of new people and just they were all good people. Yeah. I never really had any kind of sketch, weird, uncomfortable. Oh no, 
I just had a blast in the fucking, all the bands were awesome. All the people were awesome. And there was never any cops. There was never any bullshit. There was never any fighting. There was never, it was so much fucking fun, dude. I kind of miss those days, honestly. I really miss the uh, original precinct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me and Chris were talking about that, man. Like, that's a, Chris from Chile. Yeah, that was a, that was an amazing place. Amazing people. Uh, fuck, amazing things happened. Fucking Grim Butchery. Started and ended there. The only Barabbas show that ever took place was there. <laughs> the I was there. Fucking Barabbas show, yeah. We should not have played that show. <laughs> Dude, me and Homeboy, all about it. Uh, I always forget his name. Long haired dude, hippie guy. Long haired hippie guy. Yeah. On mushrooms, always wears sunglasses. He's just a huge fan of your guitar playing. Love Dave Lincoln. Daryl, maybe. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was in like uh, noise core bands. Yeah. Like, man, that Barabbas shit. I'm like, dude, that shit was sick. And the whole night, you're like, dude, we should we should have played. I'm like, what the fuck? Yes, you should have. You guys opened. Yeah. That was a grind fest, I think. It was. And that lineup was fucking awesome. It was a fire lineup. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, and uh, celebrating the uh, apparently yesterday the 11th, 11 years ago, the Fister Bronze Sonic album was released. We see, I seen Fister at the original precinct, and that was absolutely mind blowing, man. Because those dudes are like equipped for a small arena. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty sure at a couple points that pieces of the field, uh, ceiling fell down, or the whole roof was going to collapse because they played with full gear. Oh yeah, and I'm like, really? Because at that time I'd been like, well, I don't think there was a couple times we seen Beast where they didn't have full gear, and then eventually went to those custom made cabs. Yeah. But in the beginning, the first couple times we've seen them was just pieced together wall of amplifiers, and I'm like, this ain't gonna, this ain't happening tonight, because the first few times I've seen them, the power went out multiple times, and then I think there was one time where I'm like, okay, so they're, it's full gear, we're doing full gear, and there's nowhere to stand where you're not gonna lose your hearing. Like, <laughs> Fister played that fucking uh, precinct show, and I'm literally standing three feet away from Kenny's base cab. I'm like, I'm gonna go deaf. I brought no earplugs. And they didn't leave any cabs in the van. They're all here, in here. They're all here. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good times, man. So yeah, missed that. Missed that shit, dude. I just remember uh, homeboy giving you a beer. The old like, Sam Adams porch, porch rocker. rocker, and then Kenny like, hey man, has anybody got a beer? And you're like, you can have this one. <laughs> that guy just looks at you like, dude, what the fuck? I wasn't gonna drink it. The entertainment's thirsty, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, dude, if you're crushing, like, cans of hams and all of a sudden somebody gives you a porch rock, you're like, yeah, I'm not drinking that. And if Kenny asks for a beer, you find one, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, what else has been jamming? Anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. This staying in that crust realm. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. And you know what's funny? Because I really kind of have changed up quite a bit from the grind. I'm still doing grind like a motherfucker, though, dude. Like... That one PLF album I've been listening to a whole lot, um, just because it's downloaded on my phone and I haven't changed anything in at work. It's just whatever's downloaded. I don't have to use data. So yeah, that one PLF record I've been listening to like it's only like fucking nineteen minutes long, but it's all killer, no filler, man. Like, uh, but other than that, uh, I sent you that new Midnight single mm-hmm. last night. That's a that's a ripping track, dude. It's really good. I can Zex. Zex Wizard, whatever the fuck it's called. Witchery. Or Zex, yeah, Zex Wizardry. Yeah. 
killer dude it's like more of the rock and rolly kind of uh midnight stuff which i love no oh, yeah they got the more metal stuff but they got the more like motor heady stuff that it's a nice balance but that that new track is fucking sick uh that that band fulci oh yeah I've been like really jamming them guys. It, Which I, album? Uh, the Tropical Sun is the one that I've been jamming the okay, most. Yeah. Okay, and I went back and listened to the one before that, and they had a new one that came out last year, and I've been d- dabbling around there. I love that band. My only complaint is every album has one track with a guest vocalist, and it's way over slammy and way pig squealy. <laughs> but th- it's weird because every. Tr- album has one track and it's like the track always says featuring and someone I've never heard of and it's just like 2003 deathcore pig squeals with like slams and, and I'm like okay <laughs> I'm like yeah that's not really that cool but then the other tracks are like straight up just brutal death metal in the vein of like some OG cannibal corpse or some OG obituary mm-hmm. and it's all Fulci themed yeah awesome I can't go wrong with that I'll pluck out a few tracks, to, and I'm not going to write them off on that. So I've been jamming them a lot. And then uh, I came across that, uh, my, on, uh, like, what's that, Memories, or On This Day, five or six years ago, I, like, found that gruesome album, The Savage. Oh, okay. uh, yep. Yeah, and, it, like, I'm like, I heard it, didn't know what it was, had no, pre- like, these guys are fucking incredible, dude. It's, like, Cannibal Holocaust-themed death metal and then i found out it's like an all-star band that was a side project it's like matt harvey from exhumed and a couple other guys and they played like a, a tribute to death which zach went to the first night me and you hung out he was two weeks removed from that he actually went out there to see that one night only fuck yeah and it was all these stupid talented musicians playing old death songs and rotating in and out of members and he was like I was like how was that cause like I'm a huge death fan and he's like dude oh my god man and then during that four or five of those dudes were like dude we should just like start a side project and like sound like old death like that's how that came to be so that original one the savage land with the cannibals on it mm-hmm. Great album, but the one after that sounds like a little bit further into the Death Cat, like a spiritual healing era kind of shit. Awesome. Uh, and then Ripper from Chile, Raising the Corpse, man. Like, that album fucks from start to finish, man. Like, I've been get doing that a little bit, too. A lot of the fucking uh, harder thrash stuff. Uh, the newest, uh, last Toxic Holocaust, that fucking okay. primitive... Primitive something AD. Yeah. It's a fucking... Dude, it's such a good record, man. Like, uh, Primal Future? Oh, maybe that's 20 it. something. Yeah. yeah, like, dude, it's... Dude, man, it's really good, man. Um, and then that band I sent you, the Speed Boozer. Oh, yeah. Those guys are... Fun. Those guys rip, dude. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it almost has, like, a fucking, like... I don't know what the fuck that is, but I, I honestly, how I found them was I was literally for a couple hours I was listening to Old Reaper from Detroit, Old Anguish, and they just popped up, and I seen like a skeleton with charged hair with like a fucking in the artwork. I'm like, these guys have to be fucking sweet, man. And I put it on. I'm like, up oh, sending this to Jared. First track halfway in, dude. I'm like, these guys rip, dude. And they they do a fucking uh, 
Amoebix cover on there and shit. I'm like, oh, these, yeah. these, yeah, absolutely. So, do you ever hear um, Speed Wolf? I have heard them, but I didn't give them a fair shake. I'm going to go back and listen to them because you told me that they were in that. Similar, yeah. And then uh, also in Epsi. I don't know if I ever, ever show you those guys. Yeah, but they, weren't they more, um, had some death metal? NFC's like DB rock and roll. It's basically like Speed Boozer, but not as fast. I got, yeah, I'm thinking of a different band then. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought NFC, I thought, I was like, is that an old school death metal band? I don't think I've ever heard them. No, yeah, it's like they're from Canada. Uh, very like Motorhead with some DB. Oh, I get all over that shit. Holy fuck, yeah. It's like DB rock and roll. It's fucking amazing. Oh, I can fucking get into that, man. Yeah, I'll check them out. But yeah, that, uh, early reaper shit man holy fuck man oh I'm man like, god damn it man i mean there's all like i'm trying to find shit other than the foad um comp like like whatever i can pluck out man there's that one fucking anguish track from fuck it wasn't it was it was it was later than their first like the winds yeah there's winds of death which is like their crust Fucking, but it was after that, I think. Then there was the Motor City 3 tape. Was it that sound? No. Well, there's also the, the Perversion 7-inch, which is like their transition. They're like still crust, but there's almost more of like that, a fucking guttural vocal. That was the track. and I was jamming like Storm of Evil. Fucking, it's not Blade in the Dark, is it? Is that the track? Might have been. Might know. have been Blade in the Dark. Yeah, because I was jamming Perversion as well. I was jamming uh, like Storm of Evil, like the older shit, and like... Um, yeah, dude, I was just in that whole thing, and I came across them and a couple other bands too, but like, they stood out more so. But like, cause you send me a link to YouTube, and it gets me away from Spotify. Dude, I don't fuck with Spotify. I, I know I'm only YouTube and Bandcamp. I hear you, man. But I used to I used to pay for the YouTube Premium because the fucking ads drive me nuts, and I haven't done that. But like, none of that shit is on Spotify. Like, I can't. Yeah. That's why I don't fuck with Spotify. I hear you. I know. I can get. What's on Spotify plus some for everything I listen to, or the shit I listen to isn't even on Spotify. So yeah, no, I hear you. I just fuck with YouTube. It's always uploaded up there. Somebody's gonna rip it, and fucking put it on YouTube. Very true. I fuck with Bandcamp a lot too. Yeah. Those between Bandcamp and YouTube, I can pretty much listen to almost anything I want. Yeah, I might just get the YouTube Premium again because, like, man, I've been jamming a lot of like like Midas. I fucking fell in love with that band when I seen them live. God, man, yeah, all that shit, anguish, like all that shit's great, man. It's just those fucking ads, they drive me nuts. God, I, I have no interest in Liberty Mutual. I don't care about your heart fucking burn medication. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. And I'm vibing hard. I'm like, dude, we're jamming, <laughs> and I'm jamming some fucking like whatever, dude, right? Some Reaper from like 2003, and I'm like, fuck yeah, like Liberty, right in the middle of the song. Fuck off. They don't fuck around with They those don't, ads, man. man. They're just fucking those ads. Fuck you, man. Bukaki of fucking Liberty Mutual all over my fucking ears, man. Like, <laughs> fuck off, man. But that's all I've been listening to, man. A little bit of mix of everything. And I've been doing some Doom stuff lately, too. Just uh, in the stoner. Um, I don't know, that last Bongzilla fucking old Acid King. I don't know why, man. I just... <laughs> Listen to some old hole. Who the fuck's old hole? And I click on it, I'm like, this fuck acid king. I'm like, all right, I got it. <laughs> I, I knew you'd get that joke right away, dude. Fucking uh, Nate, I used to work with, walks into my house. Like, oh, you listen to a hole? I'm like, spinning acid king boozy woods. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? He's like, you're listening to a hole, right? I'm like, no, this is no. 
God. If Lori S. could only hear someone say that, dude. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I've been jamming, like, the early, early Acid King stuff and, like, some, like, you know, shit. Like, it Toke, that band Toke, and yeah. shit we've seen with Church of Misery. Like, I don't know, it might be this fucking really awesome Girl Scout cookie strain that was given to me that I've been kind of token out here and there. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to put on fucking uh, Weed's Wisconsin, the deluxe version. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's it, man. That's all I've been jamming, man. Hell yeah, dude. That's a pretty good fucking uh, web. Yeah, definitely. You guys, check out that Speed Boozer band. They're from the U.S., by the way. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't sound like they're from the U.S. Yeah, they're great. I guess. They kind of sound like a U.K. fucking... Honestly, this is a band I just thought about. That I don't think I showed you, but you dig, especially if you dig, like, uh, Speed Boozer and stuff. Mower. Mower? Yeah. I want to say they're from Cleveland? Maybe wrong there. I thought they were from Cleveland. Somewhere, maybe Pittsburgh. Uh, but yeah, kind of the same vibe. Very motorheadish, very fucking like raw. Man, awesome. There's something about that for me. That just, like, I don't know why. That just happened, like, probably within the last year or two. Just, like, that motorhead hybrid metal blackened. Like, I don't know what that fucking. Just that. Yeah blackened rock and roll shit man whatever that is i just never was really exposed to it and then i started plucking bands that kind of have that sound i'm like man at at my fucking geezer ass age i think that's where i'm gonna end (laughs) up man like you know what i mean i just i love it man like the midnight stuff that's in that realm is great obviously and that's what turned me on to some of these other bands that do that shit man like blackened rock and roll mixed with like motorhead db crusty like anything like that is fucking awesome like Midnight's stellar across the board, but that early Midnight, like the very first shit they put out, that's like the pinnacle of just black rock and roll. Like it's fucking just dirty fucking motorhead and fucking some sleazy metal mixed in there. Oh man, that first uh that first Chef kiss, dude. Yeah, so good, man, for sure. Yeah. I, I do I do get into the satanic royalty era shit, but oh, that, yeah, yeah. that original with the black rock and roll and fucking there's another Ripper song on there that just fucking, fucking, oh, shit. Like, all their shit's good. Yeah. Fucking their stuff with, uh, their split with Shitfucker is great. For sure. I yeah. remember you giving me shit like, you haven't put this on for me yet? I was kind of pissed. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, because one day it's brutal death metal for me, just depending on my mood, man. I'm not, I'm not as, I, at this point, I'm not, I'm not even fucking like sorry or like feel bad about saying that Tuesday I jammed fucking Fulci and Gruesome and on fucking Wednesday I jammed fucking Jaguar and like whatever. I don't know. I just, whatever I'm in the mood for that day, man. But lately I've really been liking that, whatever that is, that rock and roll, but it's metal, but it's blackened, but it's fucking punk i guess i don't yeah. know it's fucking badass dude i'd love it man so but yeah that's it man that's that's all i got cool i got nothing else dude yeah, i think we, we pretty much crossed all the eyes and i uh, dotted all the lowercase j's i think we did uh yeah so uh we'll try to get back here to do another episode sooner than later we we won't take as long this next time around, I hope. <laughs> and if we do, it's it's Steve's fault. It's not Jared's. So send, send Steve the hate 
the hate mail. Dude, I'm not even gonna lie. There's just sometimes where it's like I'm totally fine with not because my week at work has been hectic, and I'm totally cool to just chill and do nothing. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I end up doing. <laughs> no, I hear. No, I understand, man. It's just I've had some family stuff going on and shit that it's it happens, whatever. But uh, I kind of had to tend to that. Oh yeah. So I'm like, yeah, okay. But then it, once I knew that everything was gonna be all right, I'm like, dude, it's time to get back to the job. Talk about movies and drink beer. That's what I like to do. So, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, fucking, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you next time. All right, yeah, dude. See you guys later.